if 2020 was toilet paper, it might look a little bit like that. Let's go on. If 2020 was a hula hoop, for those online, hopefully you can see these pictures nice and clear, I think. But if 2020 was a hula hoop, it might look a little bit like, like that. How about if 2020 was a bag of chips? Anyone ever eat, maybe take a swig of orange juice after you've brushed your teeth? Has anybody ever done that? If your hand is not raised, go home tonight. Brush your teeth and just drink a little bit of orange juice right after you're done. And come back and give me a report on what you found. If 2020 were a pinata, it might look like that. If 2020 was a plate of nachos, I just want you to know, too, American cheese isn't cheese. I'm from the dairy state of Wisconsin, okay? American cheese is not cheese. If 2020, a nice cup of coffee. When someone comes over for dinner that you're not excited about, you want to get one of these cups, probably. And if you give it to me, I'm going to get you. 2020 was a pizza. Mm-mm. If 2020 was a scented candle, that's where if you had COVID, it'd be good because you couldn't smell it anyway. If 2020 was a slide... Man, that looks fun, huh? And if 2020 was a set of swings, these wonderful picks lead us into the launch of a brand new series. And the series title is I'm Ready. For change. My wife said, why did you choose a title slide with a mask on it? I said, because there ain't nothing better that captures 2020 than just a simple mask, in my opinion. It was that or toilet paper, and I was like, eh. Several weeks ago, I spoke about how everyone has an opinion. But that's just my opinion. Just jump on social media. Hopefully, those of you watching online, you're not already doing that. Hopefully, you're listening right now. But you jump on social media, you start scrolling, and you're going to find that the world is rich with opinions. Our entire church is rich with opinions. I am rich with opinions. You are rich with opinions. Humanity in general seems to be holding on to this, this hope that 2020 is almost done. 2021 has to be different. Because everyone's saying, I'm ready for change. 
I don't know many people that say, hey, if you, who, who here would love to repeat 2020? Who would like to just do it all over again? I don't know many people that would be like, yes, it'd be awesome. The only way, maybe, again, and to go back to that joke, if you had stock in toilet paper, you're probably doing well because the last time I went, this, the shelves were empty again. There's just so many things I could say. I'm going to stick to my notes. There's a widespread hope that we will once again be able to blow out birthday candles without stressing. I mean, in this day and age, you get invited to a birthday party. It's not supposed to be a party. You're not supposed to have large gatherings. If you go to the party, you watch somebody go, and you're like, I ain't eating that cake. No. Single people will be able to go on a date again and not wonder, does this person have COVID? Have you had COVID yet? We won't have to celebrate holidays with just our families. We can purchase an airline ticket, a vacation. I touched on that Sunday. And, and, and not just have to hope that I wonder if my vacation will actually transpire. We can tell our spouse or family, I'm running to pick up toilet paper at the store and you'll be right back. You won't be three hours later. Say, I've rented six stores and they're all out. We will be able to pack out Arrowhead and Kaufman again. Hoping for the Super Bowl and football and maybe a number one draft pick in baseball. When we return, we're going to be able to sing a song in church and not eat a mask while you take a deep breath. We'll return to our amazing in-home in small groups where relationships are built. We meet in homes and have amazing food. And if you never had that small group, that's because you didn't sign up for ours. We got all the people that cook and bake. And people won't camp out like it was Black Friday for a same-day COVID test. I actually had somebody tell me that. Thank God they found out I was a pastor. I deal with a lot of people, so they, 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 they hooked me up. But she said, oh, no, no. We open at 8. At 6 in the morning, people start putting their chairs outside and lining up like Black Friday for the same day COVID test. I was like, what? And all of this transpired on one of the most divisive election years that I can ever remember. Goodbye, 2020. I'm ready for change. But as we sit back and we hope for change, I got to thinking. We sure are relying on a lot of different people for this change that we're hoping is going to come. Man, the stimulus package. I hope the House and Senate can get together and pass this thing. I'm putting my hope in the House and the Senate. Oh, Lord. I hope our president can bring the nation together and stand for the things I believe in. I, I'm putting my hope in the president. No matter who it is. 
I hope medical organizations, oh, Pfizer, I heard about them getting approved, and I heard about this. I hope they can come up with a vaccine that can stop the spread of COVID. I hope my job does or does not require that employees take the vaccine, depending on where you stand on that. I hope the stock market stays stable so I don't lose out some of my retirement. You see, all these things that humanity is hoping for, it's like I'm hoping, I'm putting my hope in Pfizer, I'm putting my hope in the Senate and the House, I'm putting my hope in the President, I'm, hope, I'm putting my hope in the stock market, I'm putting my hope in my boss, I'm putting my hope in all these different things. You see, when these are the things we hope for, we place a lot of power in the hands of people who don't know us. And we have about zero control over the things that we are hoping actually change. And the reality is, the only thing that we can really change for certain is ourselves. At the end of the day, I can't do too much. I mean, like, I can say, you know, I need to take, you know, I'll, I'll t I can take precautions. If I have COVID, I'm not going to be going out and to the public and not wearing a mask and doing this. That'd be foolish. That'd be selfish. But, you know, you drive down the road sometimes, you especially on West Coast, you see the big bear on the side of the road, and it says, only you can prevent forest fires. You're like, as if I didn't have enough stress in my life. But that's not really the case. I, only I can. No, there, there's a whole bunch of people. And even if I try, I still probably can't always present, pre, uh, prevent a forest fire. But I get the message. But the only thing that I really control, that I can change, is me. I can't, e I can't even change you. I mean, I'm in the pulpit, you know. People make jokes sometimes about, oh, Baptist Pentecostal churches, that's a cult. They just follow whatever the preacher says. I said, well, I can guarantee you we are not a cult here. <laughs> All I can change is me. I can hope to be an impact and an influence in someone else's life. You go to the book of Titus in chapter 1, verse 1, it says, This is a letter from Paul, a slave of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And it says, I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen, to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. And now at just the right time, he has revealed this message which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted with this work for him. I'm writing to Titus. This is the opening book. This is Paul's letter to Titus. My true son in the faith that we share, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior give you grace and peace. I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. Paul's opening greeting he starts, and then he turns his attention to Titus' immediate task within the, the, within the churches on Crete. Crete, although rel relatively small, it's, it's one of the larger islands in the Mediterranean Sea. And, and by the 2nd century B.C., Crete had a substantial Jewish population. 
powerful enough to obtain the protection of Rome. Acts 2.11 reports that Cretan Jews were among those visiting Jerusalem when they witnessed the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. The large and influential Jewish population on Crete, as well as the initial exposure of Cretan Jews to the gospel of Pentecost at Pentecost, suggests that Crete was a fertile location for missionaries. They were open. It was a growing area. This was a place that you wanted to take the gospel message. And for unknown reasons, you know, Paul, his statement, the reason I left you in Crete suggests that Paul and Titus had actually been involved in a joint missionary effort at some point on that island. For unknown reasons, Paul left Crete before the churches were fully organized. However, Paul temporarily, leave, temporarily leaves Titus behind in order to complete the organization. I'm going, you stay here, you know what you need to do. Attempts to place the missionary work of Paul and Titus on Crete within the framework of the book of Acts is problematic. Acts, it contains no record of missionary activity on Crete or the establishment of Christian churches on Crete. The only recorded visit of Paul to Crete is found in Acts chapter 27. So here we have this amazing opportunity for the gospel to spread to this island. But at this point, nothing seems to be happening. It's probably pretty frustrating that here's the Cretan Jews. They were, they were there in, the, in the, the, the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit. Paul's like, hey, we, got, we tried to get things going there. I need to go. You need to keep them going. Let's try and get elders appointed in the churches. It doesn't seem like anything's really happening. We don't read about in the book of Acts. Like, oh, and then, and then he went over here to Ephesus and Corinth, and the churches were birds, and, and the revival happened, and miracles, signs, wonders. We don't read about that. It just sounds like it's a place with a lot of potential, but not a lot happening. Probably very frustrating for both Paul and Titus. Things don't seem to be going the way that either of them wanted to go. But notice some things about this passage. Things that maybe we missed, we just kind of read through it. But look back at verse 1. It says, it says I have been sent to proclaim faith. Paul opens up, verse 1. Hey, Titus, you know, we said, let's talk about Christ. But first, I have been sent to proclaim faith. Paul says, I have a job to do. Right? And then verse 3 he says, at just the right time, he has revealed his message. I have been entrusted with this work for him. Now, when I read that, you know what jumps out the page off the page to me? He has revealed this message at just the right time. Paul is talking about the fact that God's work is all about timing. You could, be, you could have been living on your street, working at your job, talking to the same people forever. It's like a good book sometimes. I've said this before. Someone gives you a book and says, this book is amazing. This book is incredible. And it's about 
whatever. Divorce. And you're not going through a divorce. Chances are, you might read the book and go, yeah, I learned some stuff. It's good. You go through a divorce, that book is going to probably be the best thing you ever read outside the Bible. See what I'm saying? Say, this book is awesome about raising kids. If you don't have kids, you can say, well, I learned some things about kids reading this book. But if you have kids that are grown and they're in college, you probably don't need to read the book about nurturing children and getting them to sleep through the night. Now, grandbabies are coming, then you might want to read that book. But you see what I'm saying here? It's, it's really the book only becomes important to me and, and it and impacts me on the season of life that I'm in. So you could be working with someone. You could be living next to someone on the street. You say, man, I've talked to them about God. You know? But you have to remember that God has timing. And when you're filled with the Spirit and you're led by the Spirit every day of your life, all of a sudden, the Spirit quickens you to take a risk and go out on a limb like we talked about Sunday. And you're like, man, I really feel impressed to say something to that person that I've worked with for the last 13 years. We've talked about God before. They've never really showed interest before. But I feel something in me that the timing has shifted in the atmosphere and that it's now time for me to maybe just drop a line out there. In Paul, he says, at just the right time, God reveals his message. And then he goes into the fact as he says, I have been entrusted with this work for him. He goes into the fact that we as believers are simply called to announce God's message to everyone. Why? Because we have been entrusted with this message. When the timing is right, I'm going to tell people about this. Why? Because I've been entrusted with this. And then in the midst of all of the apparent disappointment, things probably not going exactly how they would have liked them to go, in the midst of things in their community not transpiring the way they would like them to transpire, the Apostle Paul says this to Titus. He says in verse 5, I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there. In other words... When you look at the scope of this entire passage, what do we see? Paul is saying a number of things that are crucial. He says, we have a job to do. God entrusted us with this message. It doesn't matter what is going on around us. The time is right for us to proclaim the message that we have been entrusted with. And so it's just time for you to do what you have been left in this community to do. And I think sometimes we look around, well, yeah, but COVID's going on. People are in isolation, quarantine, and nobody wants to talk. People are awkward right now, and I just don't know. Let me just remind you what Paul said to Titus. We have a job to do. God entrusted us with this message. It doesn't matter what is going on around us. The time is right to proclaim the message to everyone. And so we just need to do what God has put us in this community to do. And that Paul then says, Titus, 
for this cause I sent you. If everything was going perfectly well in the community, everything is just smooth. Yeah. We're not really needed, are we? He says, yeah, I know there's problems, but that's why I sent you there. Because there was problems. And over the next several weeks, my wife and I are going to be speaking about how and where we can make changes in ourselves. Why? Because you cannot control what other people do. You cannot control how other people respond. And we certainly cannot control government or infectious viruses. But we can all control ourselves. And as 2021 approaches, don't just focus on the typical, I plan to work out more, eat healthier, lose weight, be kinder, exercise. Those are great things. I think you should do those things. But let's make changes in ourselves that decide eternity. That make us the men and women that Jesus Christ is calling us to be. Those are the things we will be looking at in the upcoming weeks. But as I try to bring this around to a close, look at what Jesus says to his disciples. Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the light of the world. A lot of us have probably heard this passage before. You're the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. You know, I never did this before. I, 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 I'll probably mess them all up here. You know, we want to say, it's just so dark. Guys, can you turn off all the lights? Turn them off. It's just so dark. The world's dark. There's just not much hope. It's just dark. It's just... It's just dark. Look at this. I, I got to unplug these. It's just dark. It's just dark. It's just everything's dark. It seems like, seems like there's not much hope. It's dark. Turn them all off. Can you turn these off too? I know live stream. I'm still here. You're like, I mean, live stream, stay tuned. You say, well, well, the world good is that. That ain't going to help me. That ain't lighting up the room. That's just a little tiny light. That's pretty worthless. It's just so dark. It's so dark. There's just not much hope around here. But guess what? If you're in darkness, and I'm letting my light shine, when you want light bad enough, you know where to get it, don't you? If you're back there and you say, well, that light doesn't do me no good. But you get sick and tired of dwelling in the darkness long enough. I got to get to where that place was where I saw the light. I got to get up close to where I saw the light in that person's life because they always let it shine. And the timing was right that when I was hungry enough and I was sick and tired of living in the dark, I wanted to get by someone who shone the light so I could get alongside them. You could turn the light back on. 
He says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Jesus basically says this, you do what I called you to do. Your responses will make an impact in your world. Instead, Christians today are responding based on what's going on in our world. And so we're hoping in things that are beyond our control instead of taking control of ourselves and being the person God has called us to be. And so Jesus goes on five chapters later in Matthew 10. He says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves, but beware. You're going to be handed over to the courts. You're going to be flogged with whips in the synagogues. I can't imagine that. They're like, man, that sounds like a great community. I can't wait to live there. This is going to be wonderful. Did you just hear that? That's exciting. He says, you're going to stand trial before governors and kings because you're my followers. But this will be your opportunity. What? That didn't sound like an opportunity to me. To tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you're arrested, let's say if you're arrested, when you're arrested, I mean, what happens in this church if I say, hey, look, they're cracking down on Christianity. If we get together, we're most likely, we're going to all be arrested. We'll be whipped and flogged and beaten, and brought before the governor. So I'll see you guys on Sunday. I wonder how many would show up. We can laugh, but is it possible in the horizon? Maybe. Maybe. Because when you're arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God's going to give you the right words at the right time. For it's not you who will be speaking. It's the spirit of your father speaking through you. You know, because what's Jesus doing? He's preparing them. He's not going to be with them always. He's going to be leaving, resurrecting, and sending them to heaven. And then he's going to put his spirit inside him. He says, no, but I'm going to still be with you even to the end of the world. But I won't be with you in human form, walking around, fighting your battles for you. Now my spirit's going to be with them. But the political climate... The social circles of that day were not always going to be what they wanted them to be. Even when Jesus first came, they were like, hey, come on, let's take that. They wanted to force him to be their king. Let's take down Rome, put, elevate you. And he had to, like, sneak out of places. Like, no, it's not. that's not what I'm here to do. Why? Because Christians have always struggled with focusing too much on the earthly rather than the eternal. Things weren't going to look. He's, he's trying to get them ready. Hey, you're going to face some things that if you were writing the book, you wouldn't write that chapter. Things are not going to work out the way you always anticipated or expected. There's going to be some real trials sometimes that you disciples are going to be like, I'm ready for change. But Jesus kept instilling the same message in them, and this is where I close. He just kept saying, you keep being who I called you to be. Doesn't sound real deep. 
Guys, we're just, we're getting so focused on all this other stuff and hoping this person, hoping they come together and hoping that this will work out and hoping for that. I hope that works. I hope they come up with a vaccine. I hope they come, I come, I hope they all do all this stuff. And we're sitting here looking at all this other stuff. What did God call me to be? What am I supposed to be doing right now? Because he told me to be a light in darkness. Really, there isn't such a thing as darkness. Darkness is just the absence of light. And so if I just let my light shine in a dark place, I overtake darkness. It's not like darkness defeats me. You could say, well, your little phone didn't light up the whole sanctuary. No, but I overcame darkness just by letting my light shine. And when an entire church does that, you can see how. And Because if we turned off the lights again and every one of us turned on lights, all of a sudden things start, the atmosphere starts to shift. And that's why when an entire church lets their light shine, it actually has the potential to impact an entire community. A community that's living in fear, looking, hoping in things that they don't control. And Jesus looks at them and says, listen, you're, you're going to face this. Society's not going to be always what you want. Political outlook, that's not always going to be what you want. And people are going to come against you. You're going to face a lot of stuff. But what I'm telling you is I didn't, he didn't spend time talking about all the things that were going on in that day. He just keeps saying, this is what's going to happen. You be who I'm calling you to be. Let your light shine. Speak when I give you words to speak. Society doesn't dictate my plans. I control all. You just keep being who I'm calling you to be. Keep letting the light shine. Keep sharing. It's you speak when I give you words. You're, you're filled with my spirit. Don't let the, don't let the darkness keep you from, from shining your light. Because you're saying, well, it's just never going to make a difference. It absolutely, anytime your light shines, it overtakes darkness. And so we're going to look at specific things over these next few weeks and ways that I can say, you know what? How do, how do I change me? What changes do I make? I'm looking to lose six pounds. And, no, 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 no. Okay, great. Do that. But so this is way deeper than that. What can I do to prepare myself in 2021 well what if COVID sticks around and we have to cancel service in a building again when did we fall in love with just the building and we're going to talk about that next week so you do you you have one thing you can absolutely control today it's not COVID it's not the stimulus package it's not who gets voted in voted out it's not a vaccine it's yourself and so I invite every person to stand in this place Jesus is looking at us I believe just like he did the disciples you're going to face things things aren't always going to go the way you want 
but I put my spirit in you. Titus, you are here for such a time as this. And I've entrusted you with this message. Let your light shine. Speak when I give you the words to speak. I'm going to use the situations around you to create opportunities for you to speak the words that I am giving you. That's powerful. And so I'm inviting you tonight that if this is speaking to you to find a place to pray either at the front where you're at, where you begin to say, God, prepare me for this series. God, help me. Father, help me to begin to look at myself, not the situation, not the circumstance, not the trials, not the struggle, not the darkness, but to know who I am and the, the light that I carry and the light that I can shine in a dark place. Or when I let that light shine, I overtake darkness, God, and you're going to use what is going on around me to create opportunities for me. God, help me, I pray. In Jesus' name.